All right. Well, hey, it is episode 20. We have reached a significant milestone. We're almost at like half a year. We're almost there. You're almost there. Half a year of this. Yeah. So it's uh, Brandon and we got Jean Glaude. He is coming from behind the camera to get on the mic today and excited to uh, have another episode of Digging Deeper and jump in again to uh, another chapter from the book of Acts. (laughs) Yeah. They've been able to stare at so many people in the eyes just so lovingly. This is my first time here and now now I get it. I was like trying to make it a point. Like, don't talk about staring Brandon in the eyes. And then now I was about ready to say before we even started the episode. Okay, we've done the whole stare in the eyes thing for like two or three in a row. But now I was like, I'm not going to bring it up because so many other people have. But this is a different feeling. It's a very different feeling. Yeah, I have nice eyes, don't I? You do. Yeah, Yeah, they're very nice eyes. (laughs) Okay, let's go. Let's go digging deeper. Yesterday, was an awesome Sunday. It was. It was. Uh, If you're listening to this, this probably comes out on Tuesday. So two days ago, Sunday was an awesome Sunday. Um, Just some of the highlights. What. You said that we had 18 baby dedications and 15 baptisms. Is that correct? Yeah, 18 baby dedications, and we ended up having 12 baptisms. Okay. Uh, we're trying to find out why three people didn't make it to the beach. Um, or, but yeah. nonetheless, or some other 30 beach people waiting. in total wow. uh, making just decisions to move closer to Jesus. Yeah, that's super cool. And, you know, as working at a church, like when we get to be a part of people taking their next step, yeah. whatever it is to follow Jesus, it's just super exciting. Yeah. But um, I'm going to just go right out the gate and say, um, why or ask, why do we do baby dedications? Like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. Um, yesterday's the first time I think we've ever done baby dedications and then baptisms later. Oh, yeah. That, um, which yeah. really created a strict kind of differentiation between the two because sometimes people do baby baptisms and all that kind of stuff um so we believe when it comes to baptism uh and what we call believer's baptism that when a person is of an age that they can actually somewhat to the best of their ability understand the decision they're making to follow jesus then they they get baptized uh infants we don't think are at the cognitive place to do that but nonetheless it's important we think that parents um want to have the trajectory for their son or daughter's life to raise them in a household which would point them towards Jesus so one day they would hopefully follow Jesus. So the dedication is really for the parent to uh, make the promise that they want to really have their home be very Christ-centered and to be intentional in parenting their their children in a way that's going to point them to Jesus. And so... Um, and then the oil anointing, we really kind of use that from when we see in the Old Testament and New Testament, that oil being just um, just a sign of God's favor, even in the New Testament, uh, a sign of the Holy Spirit. And you know, our prayer is that the Holy Spirit would be upon these children's lives as they grow older, as well as the parent to um, yeah, rely on the strength and the and leadership of the Holy Spirit as a parent, their son or daughter, as they get older. So, Rice City Church is kind of a mixed bag of... Um of tradition, I would say. So there are some things that we like that are church tradition that we do, and we're like, we want to be a part of that. There are other things that are church tradition, and we kind of go, nah, yeah. we don't want to do that. Yeah. Um. So like one of them is like baby dedication. It's a very church tradition type of thing. Um. But then something like communion every single week is also another very church tradition-y thing that we go, oh, we don't think it needs to be every single week. <laughs> yeah. Do you have like a, um? is it, is it upbringing of you that you're more comfortable with one thing over another? Or do we have like a list of things where you go in order of priority or in order of tradition? This is what I think is super important. Like why did baby dedication make it on the list of things we do, but other 
traditions. I don't want to say they're not like, they're not uh, demands or anything yeah. like that. Sacraments. Right. Um, why did baby dedication make the list versus some other ones? I think the reason, or I guess just to the way that we make the list, um, really has to do with contextualization. We talked about a couple episodes ago. It's, it's when we got here and started the church in Southern California and recognizing that um, a majority of people and families are either de-churched or unchurched. Um, certain things like, for example, communion, it doesn't make sense to have communion every single week in our services. Now, I know someone right there is probably going to hear that and be like, what? What are you talking about? They're gone. Like, <laughs> but communion is something that's set aside for the believer in Jesus to remember the sacrifice and the bloodshed of Jesus and the new covenant of it. And, and so when a lot of people that are attending on Sundays haven't made that decision, then they're gonna they get to watch the rest of us partake in that. And so we just said, you know what? We think it's extremely important. Let's make sure to have it uh, something we do at least once a month to put in front of people or invite people to do it in small groups because oftentimes believers, uh, more than unbelievers, attend small groups. Yeah. Let's still prioritize it, but let's be contextual in the sense of understanding that not everybody in the room has made the decision. Um, when it comes to baby dedications, uh, this isn't the child making the decision to follow Jesus, yeah. right? I mean, like, yeah. I, I think yesterday, a nine-day-old nine baby yeah. was the youngest one. It's like, it's more for the parent and trying to encourage the parent to to help the child go in this direction. And it's a discipleship uh, opportunity for us because we meet with the parents in advance to talk about the significance of parenting um, in a godly way. It's a way for us at times to even explain the gospel of Jesus to some of those parents who they weren't raised in a Christian home. They don't even know what that looks like. And so we kind of look at like, who's our demographic? Who's there? And what's going to help the most people take steps closer to Jesus? Mm -hmm. And that really kind of creates our prioritization. Is baby dedication... Um, a necessity of a Christian church? No. No. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think so. I don't. Is baptism a necessity of a Christian church? Yes. Okay. Yes. So uh, I agree. Okay. In both Thank those. You. Thank you. In both those areas. You're still Woo. employed then, if I, I see. Yeah. <laughs> um, so why, why do we baptize? Like as a Christian church? Like, so I went through all those questions with baby to baptism. Why do we do it? Or is it in the Bible? Et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to ask those same questions for baptism. Why do we baptize? Where is it in the Bible? And as a Christian church, why do we hold that as one of the things that we've decided to keep on doing? Well, I think the strongest priority to baptism is it came from the mouth of Jesus. Yeah. Like it's the Great Commission when he was like saying, hey, this is what I want you to be about and what I want you to do is I want you to make disciples. And the next thing he said, and so as you make the disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, and then you also see in the early church, as we've been looking through the book of Acts, um, as people make decisions to follow Christ, baptism follows right on the heels of that. And so because we see it as an imperative that Jesus has given, as well as something that's obvious that the church gave themselves to from the very earliest days of the church, then we're not deviating from that and mm -hmm. we see prioritization in it. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, this is, Christians didn't invent baptism, right? Like that was something that happened, like John the Baptist, for example. Uh, He's not the Baptist because that's his, you know, theological belief. Yeah, he's not part of the SBC <laughs> yeah. or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but because he baptized people and yeah. it was a, a baptism of repentance. Mm -hmm. um, is that the same thing that we kind of, within Christianity, it's a baptism of repentance? Probably at Rise City Church. There, no, there are different theological camps for this one because some people see the baptism for repentance and then a secondary baptism as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And usually that's evidenced by some, some sort of manifestation of the Holy Spirit 
maybe the gift of tongues or prophecy, mm. things like that. Um, I would say we have people on our staff that see differently on this, mm. and we're okay with that. Yeah. Um, the primary aspect of baptism that we perform at Rise City Church is really probably a combination of both for the repentance of sins and we believe as well as the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Mm. But here's the thing. There are people that get baptized that I I believe I've already seen fruits of the Holy Spirit manifest in their life. Mm -hmm. And for them, they, they either came from a different tradition or they weren't aware of the necessity and the importance of baptism. So they've been filled with the Spirit, but out of obedience to Jesus's command, now they're getting baptized. Mm -hmm. There are others who just, like yesterday, there was a whole family that recently has just given their life to Christ. Mm -hmm. And I think that yesterday was one of those moments that like they were acknowledging that publicly, but it was so close in proximity to them making a decision to follow Jesus that you could say maybe the Holy Spirit yeah. like really manifested uh, himself in a powerful way in their lives yesterday. So, so we would say probably it's a combination of both in one baptism, but I can understand why people in the scriptures can see two baptisms, one yeah. being of water and one being of the Spirit. What was your baptism like? Which one? I've been baptized three times. Oh, really? Just <laughs> <laughs> make sure it sticks. And I also had the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you want to okay. say that too. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I was baptized as a baby. Okay. In a Methodist church, I don't remember that. I yeah. was just informed of that. Um, when I became a Christian, uh, March 7th of 1999, um, I was baptized. Um, I, I, the last day I was baptized, I think I made a decision to follow Christ that previous week. Mm -hmm. And uh, the church that I was a part of um, really highly emphasized getting baptized. And so, yeah, March 7th, 99 is when I got baptized uh, there at Parkview Christian Church in Mount Carmel, Illinois. Um, when I was in college, uh, I don't recall a specific date, but we were at a prayer meeting, and I remember, um, I believe that the Holy Spirit was already indwelling within me and operating through me, but I received a prayer language, or mm -hmm. some people even call that as a you know, gift of tongues, um, and that was, that was a different experience, and so I, I say, if you want to call that the baptism of the Spirit, yeah. and so be it, and then my other baptism, so I guess it was four times if you do that, uh, <laughs> I was in Israel, yeah. and oh, you had yeah. the opportunity to get yeah. baptized in the Jordan River, and oh, I was like, yeah. well, I mean, yeah, why not? Yeah. Like, And baptism, like, I don't know, this, this could be controversial, as I see it, but baptism is a very symbolic thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it, baptism, you're, the only thing that happens when you get baptized is you become wet, right? Yeah. Um, physically. Now, I do believe that there's like a, your spirit can be revived and you can experience the joy of the Holy Spirit on you in those moments. But like physically what happens is you become wet. So if you have the opportunity to get baptized in the Jordan River, it's like, you're not, yeah, you're not I'm, double dipping on the communion or anything like that. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know if that's wrong. That's just food. You are know. so sacrilegious. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So this actually, I have, a, I have a question about this then. Does, should baptism be a spontaneous reaction to maybe a moment of saying, I want to receive Jesus Christ. Let me do it right now in my regular clothes. Or should it be like a, I'm going to um, attend a class. I'm going to craft a story and I'm going to ball. Like what, or is there a way or is it just kind of eat to each individual? I think yes to both. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's scripturally yeah. validated. I think that there are people in the scriptures Obviously, they get baptized spontaneously. Um, I mean, we see at Pentecost when the Holy yeah. Spirit fell upon the people, and then you know, thousands were baptized. Um, the Ethiopian eunuch, when when he received the message of Christ, and he's like, "Well, let me get baptized, and let's just find some water," and they baptized immediately. Um, but you can also look and, and and see the explanation of the gospel, and even Peter, 
having Gentiles who receive um, the, the Holy Spirit and accept Christ, and then later they get baptized in water. Um, if you look at early church history, the, the same thing, that there is um, evidences of them having classes and different things they work through people to understand and get baptized. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it depends on the person and, yeah. and the moment. Yeah. And and um, and I think that God works in both of those types of scenarios. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's important that people at least have some type of explanation, understanding, even if it's spontaneous, of what is happening here. Why am I getting baptized? What does this mean? And if they affirm it and say yes, and they get dunked, then great. Could you give more explanation? Could you help them write their testimony and have a class? Yeah, that's that's probably really good too for some people because some people do get caught up in the moment. Mm -hmm. But some people get caught up in the moment. That moment transcends that moment and it transforms their life. And so I've seen different examples of both those being effective. And Mm -hmm. so... We kind of say, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I like that. I don't think that you, it's so easy to put hard, fast rules on things that don't need <laughs> hard, fast rules. But it's it's it sometimes it's messy. Like it's messy to not have those hard, fast rules, and so it's a lot safer to kind of yeah. just be like, yep, this is what we believe. Everyone else is wrong. Well, and it gets messy too. When you, like even I have the combination of baby dedications and baptisms. Yeah. Uh, this past Sunday, you know, I had parents that approached me and asked, like, well, when can I kid? get baptized and they just got dedicated mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah um and different people have different viewpoints like if pete was on the podcast today he would say that he kind of believes that he's not gonna allow one of his kids uh, i think to be baptized until they're at least 12 years old so mm-hmm. they can actually have a a cognitive rational understanding of what even a decision to follow jesus and give your loyalty loyalty to means um my oldest daughter was baptized um last year when she was 10 um so when's the age of accountability? When yeah. when does somebody actually fully understand what decision they're making? Because I mean, I'm I'm 42, <laughs> and at 20, yeah. now that I look 22 years later at 42, I, I don't fully understand the weight of the decision I was making. Yeah. So should I get baptized again? Should I not have got baptized? Yeah. When yeah. I was um, when I was six years old, uh, my I was taken away from my parents, CPS, they were addicted to drugs. Um, My mom went through a Christian drug and rehab program. I was able to see her life get changed. And by the time I ended up living with her again, I was like seven or eight. um, And I saw the change in her life. And it was at a Christian drug and rehab program. And they had had church every Sunday. And they uh, had a baptism Sunday. And I remember being like, yeah, I want to get baptized. Because I I see what happened in her life. Um, And so at eight years old, I got baptized in the jacuzzi. and I have not been baptized since. And even though I went through like middle school, high school, I kind of fell away and mm-hmm. forgot everything that God had done and miraculously saved my mom and all that stuff. Forgot all of that. Yeah. Um, but when I came back to uh, Jesus my sophomore year of high school, I still kind of was like, I knew what I was doing when I was eight years old. Like yeah. I know that that decision I made was because of the life change I saw in my mom and in the trajectory of our life completely changed. And so I think it is interesting when you try to put that age limit on someone it's like and then a couple weeks ago when we did the podcast with pete um and he was talking about god really feeling like he spoke to kira his oldest daughter yeah and like is he just gonna brush it off because he's like "Mm, you're not old enough right like right god speaks and And i think pete would probably be now we're putting words in his mouth but he's gonna be sensitive to how the holy spirit's working and it's not a hard fast line of nope not to your 12 he's gonna discern that as a parent and, and what god's doing um when i was a college pastor like my wife and I used to just laugh because 
there were certain students that like, oh, got to get baptized again. I got wasted last weekend. Let's do it. You know, and you're like, you know, you don't, you don't need to yeah. get baptized every time. It'd be nice if you stop getting drunk every yeah. weekend after you've been baptized. Yeah, let's talk to that. Um, yeah. But kind of like when, if you look at it in terms of marriage, right? Like when I make the commitment and I say the vows to my wife, I am married and I am locked in covenant. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessary for me to renew my vows to somehow make sure the covenant's still there. Yeah. But it's not a bad thing either, yeah, yeah. right? It's a reaffirmation. It's a, a re-upping of promises. And so that's why, you know, I don't tell people they have to get baptized multiple times, but I also am not going to get like up in arms and be like, no, 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 yeah. you don't need to. Because like, they're taking a step closer to Jesus and saying, I want yeah. to have my life saturated by him. It's like, okay, I'm mm-hmm. good with that. That's amazing. Yeah. So um, I'm going to switch gears a little bit and talk about your message okay. um, in a way of first telling a story. A couple of weeks ago, um, I was asked to do worship at a funeral. Um, and I said yes. It was a family that I knew from a church in the past. And so um, I led four songs of worship at this funeral. And it was a lady. She was probably in her 30s, maybe. Um, she died. And they still don't fully understand the reasoning behind why she died. But she had a teenage daughter. Um, very young. Pre- probably preteen, 12. Mm. And so I'm leading worship. And... Um, they're dropping her ashes into where they're going to lay her and her teenage daughter is just sobbing. And like, I cannot imagine, Mm. I cannot imagine what that would feel like. And the pain and just, I'm an empathetic person. I get emotional really easy. Um, and so I'm crying. Like when I'm trying to lead the song, um, I think the song was like, Oh no, you never let go kind of thing, you know? And it's just like, how am I supposed to do this? But I was, I thought of this verse that talks about, um, in Ecclesiastes, it's better to attend a funeral than a house of praise or a party or whatever. Mm. Um, and so you're talking about the pre-eulogy of Paul. Yeah. Thinking about the end of your life, what matters, what's important. My question is, why do why would the Bible say it's better to attend a funeral? And why do we avoid the eulogy type attributes and aim for the resume type attributes like what's our aversion to that that's a heavy question why do we have why would the bible first off say it's better to attend a funeral yeah i don't know the answer to that question um i can tell you from my personal experience if i were to like even juxtapose funerals and weddings um and officiating both of those um, the gospel and the news of Jesus is far more received at a funeral mm-hmm. than at a wedding. Yeah. Because the funeral speaks to finality and people are actually contemplating the life that they've lived as they're contemplating the life that the person that they are attending the funeral have lived. And they're also just just open to like, is there any hope? <laughs> what, what do I make of this? Where a wedding... Um, uh, you know, there's a formal ceremony, and yes, it's, sometimes it's done before the Lord, or people mm-hmm. want to do it before the Lord, and yeah. but they're they're thinking about the reception and the party, and so it's and after and after, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, definitely after if you get the Christian thing, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but I think that I think that maybe there could be some of that that like it's better to attend a funeral because the funeral there's a, there's a raw openness to God's desiring God's presence in your life and understanding and making sense of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in terms of why we avoid eulogy type words, looking at aspects of character and virtues versus just personal accolades and accomplishments, which is 
You know, mm-hmm. it's the resume mentality. Because um, one, character is cultivated over time. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to get tangible uh, examples to know whether or not you're actually hitting the mark in those things. Where resumes, you're like, I can go for it, I can do it, I accomplishment, mm-hmm. and I can show for it. Yeah. Um, in some ways, it's kind of like, you know, my, my wife talks about with, with parenting, that's kind of the, it's like a thankless job because you're like, you're spending years pouring into kids. Mm-hmm. You're like, I just hope this thing happens yeah. or what, you know, turns yeah. out okay. And I think that, so we want such immediacy in our results and to become a virtuous, generous, brave, compassionate, empathetic, um, self-controlled person, like those don't just happen overnight. Mm-hmm. And so why am I going to spend my time doing that? Because I can get a quick fix or a quick buzz by, by doing something really well in this and, and getting, you know, yeah. positive receptivity from it. So I guess those are my initial thoughts. But yeah, I, like even my kids, like my kids, and I'm sure, you know, you'll experience this with Ryan. Earlier in their life, they were way more open to pursuing character and virtue. Hmm. And now... You know, as my sons are in baseball now, they're what accomplishments can I get in baseball, or or how what what part can I get in the in the in the musical play that I'm going to be a part of, and and they're quickly starting to see those types of things mm-hmm. more than, well, who are you going to be on the baseball field, yeah. and who are you going yeah. to be in that play around your peers, and we're trying to fight to try to like keep their attention in the right direction, but there's also this gravitational pull that feels mm-hmm. like of the soul, that maybe I would say like I believe that we're in a, a spiritual battle that I think. Maybe the enemy uses to try to distort and confuse and to distract us from pursuing what really matters most. Hmm. Yeah. I think while you were talking, I think one of the things I think of is like accolades, like resumes, skills. Um, you can create them and you can say them about yourself, right? Like, yeah. Like you can say uh, hardworking, um, grow, grew, audience retention by 30% over a six month period. Right. Like you can say that about yourself. Yeah. Eulogy words are like things people say about you uh, and you yeah. don't have control over. Yeah. That's that. a good point. You know, like yeah, you don't have really con- good point. Like yeah. he was patient. Like you can say I'm patient, <laughs> but like it means something more when it's like, no, that person was a very patient person towards me in this. Right. Unit or whatever. That's a good thought. Yeah. And like you have no control and the things that we don't have control over like death, maybe even tie it into that. Like just terrify us. Like, so what we do is we cling harder to what we can control, mm-hmm. resume, get it done, do this, um, for the sake of just abandoning thinking about all that other stuff. Yeah. Or maybe if people do say, hey, you're not patient or hey, you're not honorable, you can be like, yeah, but I'm, I, I did this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least I have something at least point to, yeah. you know, like, yeah. so I don't, I don't know, but it definitely feels like, I mean, in my own life, like I recognize the importance of pursuing these eulogy type yeah. words. But every every day I'm I'm compelled by what's right in front of me right now to accomplish and get done. And so I think you have to be very intentional. Uh, even in what I'm doing and getting things done is what character am I cultivating as I'm moving forward and yeah. accomplishing these endeavors. Mm-hmm. We uh, In a podcast a couple weeks ago, we had that, um, how do you know God's will for your life? Um, and it's less about where you end up it's more about who you are as you as yeah. you go yeah as you, know? you go yeah well that's all the questions i had for you that's i just it? yeah that's it you know i kind of kept it easy but yeah, i I, I dug into your theological mind why do we do these things certain things <laughs> it's not very deep <laughs> it's not you need pee to get on here I know. <laughs> like that um 
I'm thinking, maybe I should ask you a question then. We've got like two minutes left. What is, as somebody, as you just shared, and you share this as a devotional Mm -hmm. um, this past Thursday for our staff meeting, what is something you are learning and relishing in right now as being a father, as someone who um, didn't have an active presence of your father in your upbringing? And what are you just relishing in with Ryan right now? Yeah, I can say immediately off the top of my head, it's that I I need to be present with her when I'm there. Hmm. It is so easy to, the phone is the worst thing in the world. Like, (laughs) it is so easy to be so distracted by- As people are watching this right now. I know, I know, (laughs) but like, like- I guess you know a fire is beautiful in a fireplace is terrible in open woods. Yeah. Like the oh, if you're not if you're not containing what you're doing with your phone, your phone could be a beautiful thing, but it could also be completely disastrous. So with that, um, I will notice that I, I love my daughter and I mm. love talking about her. I love being with her. I love when she does. Like she just learned how to walk a week ago and she's running now, like going crazy. And it's like yeah, it looked the, like it looked like Sam was really enjoying that yesterday yeah, at the beach. At the beach yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, um, I will miss things yeah. and Sam will literally be like, did you not see that? Because I was like, just scrolling or doing yeah. something dumb. Um, and so I, and as someone who my dad wasn't around to know what it's like when your dad's not paying attention or around oh, or yeah. present. And yet I'll do that to my daughter. So what I'm working on and what I'm really like trying to just focus on is like, be just 100% there. Mm. It could even be that like, it's, I don't know. It's weird to say this about your child, but it could be inconvenient. It could be whatever, like maybe that you really need to be working on this thing or you really need to get this done. But it's like, I'm here. I've made the decision to be here. I made that decision however long ago when I had my child. Right. But also like, I'm literally there in that moment. So while I'm there, just be there. Yeah. You got you got an hour and two hours. Do what you need to do later because those are the moments that they're going to remember. Is those emotional, especially yeah. now when she's not can't really talk and and communicate. Like it's those emotional connections that we're yeah. making, and so that's what I'm working on. Yeah. Well, just as your friend, as someone from a observational standpoint, you're doing a good job. Thanks, man. You're you're a good dad. Thanks. You're a good dad, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's you're doing a good job. Trying to, trying to figure it out. It's, yeah. Yeah, but I appreciate that. Cool. Speaking All of right. dads, All right. what? this Sunday. This Sunday is Father's yeah. Day, and uh, it's going to be a fun, different service at Rise City. Yeah, uh, I'm going to be having one of my dear friends uh, who oversees the In-N-Out Burger Foundation, kind of the side of In-N-Out Burger that no one really knows about, yeah. but it really focuses in on you know foster care and adoption. We're going to have a conversation about parenting. Um, it's also Juneteenth, yeah. a national holiday, and so... Yeah. Uh, where I can have conversations in that regard and just what that looks like as a, as a parent and raising kids in this generation with uh, diversity-based mindsets. and how I mean, we're just going to have a fun conversation yeah. and so and celebrate dads. Because yeah. dads, there are a lot of dads out there that are worth celebrating like yeah, yourself. And, and, so, and at Rise. Yeah, at Rise, Rise City. We're blessed with a lot of, a lot good of awesome dads. dads. Yeah. So, and there's going to be In-N-Out giveaways. <laughs> yeah, there so you there's your, there's you your little uh, incentive. So. Yeah. So I'm sure our conversation will be fun for episode 21 next week, but we'll conclude episode 20 this week, right? Yep. Thank you guys for uh, listening and watching. All right. Talk to you next week.